It's the 90s, and there is time for Paradroid 90. It's Amigos, episode 367. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Paradroid 90. Mm, Paradroid beats one of a kind boat that's what i hear I, I, that's that would have also served as a good opening balloon yeah, i got a million of them um you know when i was growing up i i was born in the 80s i was born in 1981 and uh i never really experienced the 80s properly the first decade that i properly experienced was the 90s mm-hmm. but aaron you count yourself among the aged and uh the well, 90s I don't know about that. The 90s, when you were a child, seemed to be the far-flung future. That's true. That is that is 100% true. In fact, so, the know, year when, 2000 when, was like the ultra future. Right, right. So when you, um, when you were a kid and you used to think about the year 1990, what did you think about what would be happening in your life at that time? Well, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> When I was a little kid, you got me. I was born in '71. We had just went to the moon a couple years before I was born. Okay, so I in the '70s, like the space thing was a big deal, right? Right. And then in the early '80s, you had the shuttle program kicking off, right? And that was awesome, you know, because yeah, you yeah. felt like you were seeing something. You're like, man, here mm-hmm. we go, you know. And then all the way through the '80s, the shuttles were pretty much running, you know, pretty regularly into the '90s, and. So as a kid in like probably you know consider 1980 I was nine years old. If I looked mm-hmm. at 1990, I figured by then we would have a a uh, 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 some sort of base on the moon and possibly would have went to Mars something like that. I figured we'd be sure. there. We're running, we're running a little late, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, to, for those things. Uh, but uh, the space thing, I was real optimistic, but I still am now. I'm more optimistic than I was. I mean, we should have been there a long time ago. And the, the problem is, uh, crap on the on the planet keeps hosing us. They keep they keeps drawing our attention away from the cool stuff to the lame stuff, wars, also the crap. What is your What is your favorite piece of retro futuristic technology that we should have that we don't have? Can you give me an example? Of what you mean there? You mean like sure. a, like a rocket pack or something? Yeah, rocket pack, flying car, space face. Well. Uh, you know, I would love to have like uh, something like uh, uh, teleporters would be cool. I thought those. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, I wasn't saying I thought they would be around, but I mean, if I if I could think of something I'd like to have, it'd be that. But uh, certainly laser pistols and stuff, which you don't see really yet. You know, cool yeah. looking ones like Han Solo mm-hmm. had. Uh, I like mm-hmm. to something like that. Uh, you know, or, and even flying cars. You know, I never thought flying cars would be a certainty though, just because. I drive around a lot now, so now it scares the crap out of me to think that these goose might be in a flying car, you know, <laughs> because these suckers can't drive now. Can you imagine adding another dimension to the mix uh, of a flying car? So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but even as a kid, I, that was in the back of my head because I'd ridden with bad drivers. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to be flying with these suckers. So, well, what about you? What did you think that 90 or even 2000 was going to be like, you know? Underground crap. Example? Like, you know, you always think about these, like, huge underground, like, fortress bunkers that everybody would have. Where, like, underground transit, 
underground malls you know yeah. that mall that's in georgia that's like i don't know if it's underground or not but they call it the underground mall no i don't I think, know about that yeah there's there's like some mall and it's underground it's like there's a, the parking lot is on top and the mall is underground i think there's a like place that. i think there's a mall in dc like that as well I seem yeah, to recall yeah. going to an underground mall there. So th you're and disappointed so, like, that we're above ground, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Everything's still above ground. Where's the progress with the underground? You want to be a Morlock? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Listen, the way things are going, we might all be living underground real soon. Or, or in space, the way things are. You never know. You know, just... That's true. So bring on bring on the underground stuff. Bring on the, the undersea stuff. You know, like the Sea Lab. Yeah. You know, the bubbles. I'm a big fan of the movie Biodome. They need to make they need to make that real and then put it under the sea. Have you ever seen Doctor No? You probably have seen that. Uh -uh. It's a Bond. It's the very first Bond movie, and it's got a guy who has one of these sea cities, you know, sea, like a mm -hmm. sea base. You know, the problem mm -hmm. with these bases, they're always end up the same way, and it's not uh, comfortably floating for all through time. They they all get <laughs> flooded, you know, uh, biodome and bias. All these things they all get flooded. So that's a problem, you yeah. know. I'm I'm not buying it. I mean, and unless we're forced under there, why would you want to go down there? It's dirty down there. It's wet. It's not dirty. You clean it up. You know, you put your biodome down, then you run the sweeper, and then all of a sudden you get up in the morning and there's a shark swimming by you outside of the biodome. And Isn't you look there? At it. Is biodome that stupid comedy with that geek in it? Yeah. What's that, that geek's rules. name? Was that the Polly Shore? Shore? That's your film. Yeah. If what? you're going to base your life off a of film. Why not Biodome? What's your what's the appeal of Polly Shore to you, buddy? I think he's you think he's goofy, you know. I agree with that. I thought you know I, I'm a big fan of goofiness in my movies. Well, and that movie has it in spades. When he first surfaced like MTV back in the day, we were amused as antics. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Have you seen Encino Man? He was in that too. I, I was about ready to mention Encino Man. I know what you really love now. Garbage <laughs> comedy. Got it. I like my movies like I like my wrestling. Garbage. <laughs> Get it out. All right, man. It's Amiga News time. Kick it. Amiga News. Yeah. Pretty cool uh, news this week on the hardware front, Aaron. All right. We're going to start things off with a brand new video. And the one and only Chris Edwards. I heard him. Yeah, yeah. So Chris, he's been, of course, he's he's constantly busy. If he's not doing repairs, he's doing upgrades. If he's not doing upgrades, he's doing repairs. And uh, this is a upgrade that I'd never seen before. This is a uh, <laughs> RGB to HDMI uh, gimmick yeah. for the CDTV. But Aaron, it's so much more. It's right. so much more. This thing oh. allows you to connect multiple uh, DB9 ports, a uh, joystick port and a mouse port, if you want to go that route. Yeah. And it gives you, of course, the HDMI out as well. That this look, thing that seems looks to dandy. Be, and it, and the, the, the greatest thing, the thing that I really love about it yeah. is that it, it's got a backplate on it that matches completely the CDTV. So when he puts this thing in and you see it, uh, yeah, he, this is sort of a thing where he he talks about it up front. Then he does, I guess, maybe like a flashback where he the, he goes through installing it. But when you see it at the end, I mean, if you look close, you can kind of tell that it's sort of been added on. But from a distance, 
uh, you know, it, it, it looks like it, it, it belongs there and it's, it's not, somebody didn't take a Dremel to this thing and just kind of hack away to add some joystick ports. That's, so, uh, is that a, is a, that a side boat? No, <laughs> that no. sounds like somebody didn't listen. He also says it's got a ROM switcher on it, which is, that's nice. You can switch between the A500 ROM and the CDTV ROM. You know, I don't know who makes this thing, uh, but and I just I was sitting here pondering this because I mean that looks sharp, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of crap that your CDTV needs. Like if I had a CDTV, if you spring for the CDTV, you've got a pony up for one of these things. I mean, there's no doubt about right. it, right? But I'm thinking to myself, how many CDTVs are still walking around? You know what I'm saying? How many? A couple hundred on Earth? A thousand? How many do it you would figure? Be, it'll be interesting to know. Yeah. So I mean, whoever's making, he's talking about a niche market, man. And Chris right. is in the chat. He says Solar Mine makes it's a good on you, Solar Mine, for for putting something like this out. But what a great, what a boon! I mean, it's again, this is sort of like the the Amiga six hundred. It's this goofy device that's lingered around, you know. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, someone's coming up with some cool support crap that makes it suddenly great, you know. Right. So, right. <laughs> I love that. So that's dandy. Hey, it looks good. I didn't. I didn't get to see this video yet. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because I love CDTV stuff, and yeah, I, this makes me want one so bad. Oh yeah, I'd love to have one. If you're interested in picking one of these up, uh, just go. Uh, you can go to r slash Amiga News and click on the video link. All of the links to bu- purchase your own. I guess this is a thing where you can either it's an open source deal or it's on GitHub. It's one of these GitHub things. I'm still not really understand how GitHub works, but uh, you can either build your own or you can order the PCB from PCB Way. Uh, so all of those links are in the video. I'm trying to think. Have we ever? I'm trying to think. Have I ever seen a CDTV? live like do you think you're, i've never ever, even seen an amiga 500 live before we did this show so well, you know I'm, I'm, I'm talking like now we've been doing the show now have we had has, do we know anyone here locally or have we been no one had one at the boat fest the only they? person we know locally that has an amiga is john marshall well you got a valid point there fair enough I, I, <laughs> you know, seems like, we know one other person in this whole state it seems like i saw one of these and touched it one time but i don't remember it may, it may have been way way back when i was in high school or something you know way back that's cool, oh, though. And uh, and Chris mentions in the chat, thank you, Ch- Chris, uh, $60 complete. What a steal, What a man. steal. What a steal. Holy smokes. What a deal. Excellent. Yeah, That's good yeah. stuff right there, Boat. All right, Aaron. We move on to another exciting hardware story. This story comes to us from Amiga Love. Amiga Love. We love, love. Yeah. Oh, I've, um, Yes. He- this is what many people have been waiting for. You know, we talk about the FPGA solutions for the Amiga, yeah. and uh, oftentimes they emulate the processor. That's what you get most of the time. But, you know, FPGAs are such a wide swath of, of, of options. We're finally starting to see individual chips emulated by FPGA, and that's what we get here with the drop-in Universal Agnes chip. This Man. thing is is plug-and-play. 16 meg of 133 megahertz 8-bit PS RAM for AGA plus bandwidth. It's got one meg, two meg, and two uh, one meg and two meg Agnes and two meg Alice compatibility. Jumpered NTSC and PAL default modes and automatic pin detection. Aaron, you can't tell me this doesn't excite you. You know when uh, oh oh I'm excited. Trust me. Uh, when I saw this uh, waft across my, tw- you know, I, I uh, subscribed to the old uh, Amiga Love on the Twitter. You got to. You got to have that mm-hmm. love. He's always putting up crazy stuff. So when this came lumbering by, I just looked at it in quiet awe. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You talk about futuristic looking. I mean, look at that. 
it's a bunch of chips in the socket for a single chip, brother, on a piece. Yeah, in blue. yeah. This is what I'm talking about right there. The future is now. This is it. Right. We're experiencing this sucker. So I don't know who's. Right. Do you know who's behind this thing? Boda. Uh, the, the, I don't know the, nothing you know, about I it. Back, I went to Amiga Love's site, yeah, and I tried to find the story that you know the, the uh, more than this, and there was nothing. Yeah, so I, this it, picture I made the rounds. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, but I mean, this is super exciting because you know it, there's you know you've got the the Paula, the Agnes, and the and the Gary. If you can replace all three of those with FPGA chips, you can you can give an A600 to AGA compatibility. I mean, you can do whatever you want. And that's super exciting for people like me that have an Amiga 1000, and I'd love to use it as my daily driver Amiga. Yes. If I could even just get a chip that would give me PAL compatibility, that would open so many doors. Can you and imagine so like a, a two two meg, the big, like, and heaven, because that's the, the Achilles heel of the Amiga 1000, among other things, is the fact you don't have to get that much chip memory and stuff. That you this would be I had the exact same thought boat uh, uh it would be great this is great I can't tell you <laughs> this blew my mind we'll be we'll get into this more when more info becomes available but that's yeah that was awesome yeah. I, I was really surprised and stunned pleasantly stunned over that one boat now Aaron our next story is for those of us out there that are into the new Amiga scene I'm talking about the Amigas you can buy off the shelf right now today. Yeah, yeah. The Amiga One series. Uh, this is of the. Uh, these are the uh, the Power PC based uh, Amigas that are developed by Aeon Technology. We saw one of these things in the flesh, Aaron. Do you remember that at Boat Fest? Thanks, thanks to our good buddy, the Lord. He brought That's one right. of these bad boys, Level Lord. Also, came to Level town. Lord. He came yeah. to town. With one of these, and listen, I'm looking at this thing because I mean, I, we did get it a little. We get a, I got to sit down and just screw with it for a while mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. Boat Fest started. Now they couldn't do nothing, and these things are. It's almost like they came from another world, like another time yeah. period or something. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, these things cost a, cost a bucket load of cash. So you know, and I'm looking. If you're ever going to spend money, like if you're in the U.S., if you're ever going to buy stuff in Europe, this is probably the. <laughs> It's, it's not never gonna get any better. It's never, it's and never... if it does, we've got big problems, right? You know, so right. it's gonna be so. But the, uh, the, you're never gonna get a cheaper price than this. And I was surprised as heck when I saw this link pop up that they're actually selling these again. We're not. I guess we have no idea how many they've got in stock of these things, do we? Because I mean, they can't. Right. Do that well, many. you know, it, it, it says that they are. It says well, now it says stock. Please contact us. But originally, when I saw this. This popped up on AmigaNews.de saying yeah. that they were back in stock. Uh, you can get one yourself, unless you were curious. In case you were curious about how much these things cost, this is the X5000, which is the massive black tower with a cool-looking yeah. Boeing ball silk screened on the front of it. Uh, Two thousand three hundred ninety-nine euros. Yeah. So twenty-four hundred euro, about twenty-four hundred dollars. So uh, the, the one thing about these two, because I know people listen, no one's cheaper. Or more tight waddy than I am, boat. Uh, and so I look at this, I'm like, oh, like two thousand dollars for some kind of off the wall nutty machine. That you're not wrong, but there's a flip side to it, which is if you're the kind of guy that likes to tinker with stuff, and like mm -hmm. it's like sitting on like Reddit or sitting on the news groups waiting for someone to update a program that you're using, like that kind of mm -hmm. old school guy. Like this is your machine. This is like a a hobbyist dream machine. If you're someone that's right. like super hands on, uh, and like, and every week a little tweak comes out to make something better, and it may give something a little more uh, 
customization. Like, this is the machine for you if you've got the money. Plus, uh, it's you talk about a co the collector of rare items. There are not very many of these things floating around. You'd probably have the only one. If we bought one of these right now, Boat, I could guarantee you there'd be no other one in the state. There's probably no other one in, the, in within 10 states. There probably isn't more than uh, a couple hundred of these in the whole U.S., you know, so... right. Right. You, if you like uniqueness, there's there's a draw to it. You know, I can understand Absolutely. why. You know, yeah. So I'm a big fan of wacky, wacky software. You know, when I for for the time when I had that Silicon Graphics workstation, the O2, there was part of me that wanted to hold on to it just because it was a wacky thing that I knew nobody else had. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, of course, there was also the part of me that wanted a big, a big wad of cash in my pocket. So Plus you, the fact that, you, <laughs> that part you, one, you get it out of your, you get the thing out of your family room. I know that's part of yeah. it too. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. interesting. I mean, if you look at the, the stats on this. I mean, this board has, this is a you know a mostly modern board. It's got PCIe slots. It's got PCI slots. It's got Zorro slots. SATA, you know, gigabyte Ethernet. So I mean, it's not like you're buying something. That's like a hundred years old. I mean, these are nice, minty, fresh machines, but exactly, exactly. So, if that's your bag, check it out. You can get one now. Is that a is that Alina computer? Is that what I'm looking at? It's uh, Amiga Shop .net. That's where they're selling these. Yeah, if you want to have a look. And then, and then, I guess, and, and this is one of these things where the name of the shop is different than the name of the URL. Correct. Which, yeah. You know. Who knows? Who knows yeah. the decisions? That uh, hey, listen. Made that's sometimes. why. That's why I wanted to spell it out in case somebody wanted to go go hunting, but. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. We're. <laughs> I'm are you ready for it? Are you ready for a crap box? I don't know what this is. I have no idea what this is. Oh, thank Not God! A it's lot a of game. game news heading out of indie retro news this week. Yeah, but they did announce Crap Box 13 and 14, a double musical bonanza for the Commodore Amiga. Okay. So, uh, this is you know it is a a compilation of music for the Amiga, music, graphics, uh, you know, uh, the, that is entitled Crap Box. So uh, Bad this name, That's a, a bad yeah, name. Yeah. Um, you can either check this out. You can just watch the, the whole thing complete from Saberman. There's links to the videos here. If you just want to turn it on YouTube and watch it. But you can head on over to uh, Poo-A uh, and, and pick up URL, the demo pack. For yourself, <laughs> that probably means something different in French. I'm not quite sure what it means in English. Um, and so, uh, you but anyway, you can head over there and get yourself this demo pack loaded up. It's by the Electronic Knights. The Electronic Knights, listen to this. It says, It says, although the crap box features great tunes such as Hot Scotch, Comp Fill, Salty Water, Primer, and Talking Heads, uh. It's one hell of a good demo pack, it says as well. So, mm -hmm. tunes and demos. Got it. Crap. Yeah. You know, I don't call things that are, I want to appeal to people. I try not to call them crap things. This this strikes a nerve with you. I recall your hatred of the name Trash Talk. Yeah, I hate that too. But why would yeah. you Why why would you uh, 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 besmirch your own stuff? That's a, instead of calling the show Amigos. I feel like I do that with my presence. Everything Amiga podcast. Let's call it junk crap with two geeks how about that is that how's that gonna work out in the old uh how about what kind of itunes reviews you gonna get for that not so good yeah it, of course that that name sort of does what it says on the 10 yeah fair enough hey but you know i noticed that we're at the end of the news here but i got a couple more news i want to rattle off real quick we're going off script boat uh first off i did look uh, our good buddy doug uh from 10 minute amiga retrocast is off the, off the schneid he's off the pine 
he stopped his gold bricking, and he's back in there, uh, uh, and he's working hard. I see he's got a new video that just came out uh, where he's installing a, a gimmick. I believe it is 1,200. Uh, it's a, quite amusing. I like because he sort of pounds this thing a little bit. And I always like what Doug does that. So please uh, check out the 10-Minute Amiga Retrocrest Doug's new video. Uh, it will amuse and delight. Uh, and also, we're glad to have you back, Doug. We're, we're glad you're feeling better. Um, secondly, Boat, uh, you know, uh, I, I, we haven't been hyping this very much because I'm dumb. Uh, but uh, we're not too far away from the next International Computer Club. Which will be August, or excuse me, I wish it will be October first, twenty twenty two, and it'll be six p.m. So if you have, uh, if you know what the International Computer Club is, then you know what it is. But if you don't, this is a gathering of people who get together from all over the world, literally all over the world. It's international to demonstrate uh, various projects they're working on, to talk about uh, book reviews, software reviews, uh, game reviews. Uh, to talk about various things they're doing with Raspberry Pis, any sort of kind of geeky, computery or console thing you could think of, mod stuff, we're good to go on it, including some programming stuff. We've had Happy Cody on there do some programming stuff. If you're interested in be being a presenter, you don't have to even be there. If you could send me a video that I can play, which we've got a couple people doing that. So even the time difference shouldn't be a problem for you if you want to be a presenter. It's also good if you want to show off your various wares. Hey, if you're a store somewhere or you got a product coming out, we're more than happy to, to uh, demonstrate it on, or display it on the show. All you've got to do is head over to the Discord for the Amigos. And we've got a room in there called ICC. And there at the pin at the top is a sign-up sheet. Sign up on there, and we will get you in. I think we've got about five or six people that have signed up so far. And I've already talked to a couple more that are probably going to get in there. Uh, so we've got plenty of room for a couple extra signees. These things tend to run long, but we're going to try to get this one in a, in a slim trim under three hours, Boat, is the goal this time around. Uh, to, There's for this always, one. It's always nice to have goals. That's <laughs> Listen, Boat, if you would, if you could stop talking during these things, we could get it out in an hour. That's Listen, what it is. sometimes we got to go deep <laughs> into stuff that is very pertinent to the discussion, like Australian real estate. Boat, Boat, <laughs> you revel. This is what you do, my friend. You are baloney dealer <laughs> on a grand scale. But these things are a lot of fun. Now, uh, we love everybody. You know Amiga love. We've got Amiga love. We've got C64. We love everybody. So even if you're not a member of the Amigos Discord, you should be, by the way, but if you're not, and you're interested in, in, in uh, getting involved with this, you can send me, Amigo Aaron, an email at argpresents at mail.com, and I will get back to you about getting getting you signed up. Uh, this will be uh, on Twitch, 6 p.m. I'm not 100% sure how we're going to do it yet. It's I'm looking at Google Meet. But we may go back to Discord if I'm feeling froggy, despite the fact that it died horribly on us last time. But I'll, I'll announce that in the next uh, week or two, Boat. Uh, International right. Computer Club, Boat. There you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you what else we need to talk about, Aaron. What's that's that, my the friend? the finest place for you to find any item of hardware or software you might need to get your Amiga or C64 up into tip-top shape, and that is RetroRewind.ca. Mm, absolutely. You know, Aaron, it's been a while since we've done a little uh, product deep dive on the old uh, Retro Rewind ad, and I thought we'd take a closer look at one of my favorite items, the A600-1200 buffered IDE adapter. Oh, yes. So, you know, 
I sometimes open up the old A600. This is the A600 that's fought in a thousand wars. It's It has, <laughs> as they say, some battle damage. Uh, this thing has literally been all over the country, all over the world, sorry, all over the world, shipped to us from the great country of New Zealand. And, uh, you know, we it has a uh, it has one of those um, IDE compact flash adapters in it. And the thing is, it's in one of those anti-static bags. I stuck it in one of those. Then I took some electrical tape and kind of wrapped it around it. Then I just taped the whole shebang to just some piece of plastic inside the case itself. I'm so proud of you. You don't want <laughs> you don't want to be like me. You want to get yourself one of these buffered IDE adapters. This yeah. thing is a solid freestanding unit that attaches your uh, your IDE or your or your compact flash or your SD card to the IDE ports without any cables flopping around in there, okay? Yes. Um, this thing is going to make your A600 or A12 look so much neater inside. So when you have to open it up to tinker around or just to admire the, the artwork that is the, the motherboard, you can be proud of yourself for not having something that looks like garbage. You can pick one of these things up for $22, Aaron, 22 bucks, a small price to pay to make the inside of your computer look sharp and look amazing. Um, and that's not all, Aaron. If you use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout, you can save 10% off this or any item, whether it's a recap, a repair job, some uh, OS software, or Kickstart ROMs, whatever you want. Retro Rewind's got it. Uh, just use that promo code AMIGOS10 when you check out. Save yourself 10%. We do appreciate Retro Rewind, and we thank Frank and his crew for being such excellent sponsors of Amigos. And we should mention that uh, our good buddy Frank and the folks at Retro Rewind are actually uh, sponsoring International Computer Club, just like last time. So double uh, happiness for Retro Rewind for stepping up and helping us bring this stuff to you, the public. Thank you, Frank. Aaron, let's talk about Paradroid. Oh, man, are you ready, Boat? I'm ready. Show me your happy face, man. There it is. Oh, haunting the haunting paradroid yes. love theme boat. That is that's a, it's a quite it's true. So I you know before we get into this boat, because you know I like to do this. Boat, have you played any of these paradroids before? So on our Sinclair, many years ago at this yeah, point, yeah, we played a game called Quasitron. Yeah. Which was uh, purported to be by many an isometric version of Paradroid. But oh, yeah. apart from that. I have not played any other Paradroid games. This is my first uh, canon Paradroid experience. We uh, that game on the on the, uh, on the uh, Sinclair was a was it was tough for me to get my brain wrapped around boat. Uh, so it was I, cerebral. I was well, no, it's not. What, that's not what I mean. I'm not dumb. I'm not that dumb. I'm just saying it was it was kind of hard to look at, figure out what's happening. So I was hoping this would be a little bit simpler for old dummy. So we're looking at Paradroid ninety. I always like when they put the year in there, you know, because the age is mm -hmm. great. Um, guess when this was released, Boat? <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, 1989. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's 1990, Boat. Oh. This was developed by the eccentric geniuses at Graft Gold. We've, Graft covered, Gold. we've covered a few of their gimmicks over the years. Elite Soccer 94, Fire and Ice, uh, Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road. 
Uh, Rainbow Islands, that's a favorite of yours, Boat. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also, uh, I've played Virocop, which is one of your one of theirs. Iridium, I like Cop Iridium yeah. 2, Electric Boogaloo. A few we haven't tried out, Realms, and Simul Cry. Simul Cry. That Not one really rolls Simul off Cry. the old tongue right there. Uh, this was out on a one big disc, uh, Boat. This is a one-player special here. Uh, this was uh, coded, and some of the graphics were done by the... Uh, very renowned Andrew Braybrook. Uh, he was behind a lot of the games I just mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he did a lot of the graphical stuff. Uh, and if you look down the list of people uh, that did that worked on this game, John Cummings, uh, Jay Lilly, uh, Michael Field, these guys, a lot of them worked on those games I just mentioned for the most part. Uh, the music in this, which has uh, got its own audience, was done by a fellow named Jason Page. Uh, he worked on a couple games that I recognized, including Putty Squad and the game that we loved on stream, but also on on, on Amigathon, Master Axe. Master Axe. He was behind the music of that. So that's what I hope to come up on here one of these days. Um, it's ECS OCS. And this one, I would look to see the computer of origin for this in terms of the development boat. It's widely speculated uh, that this may have been done on the ST first. Uh, there are re it's funny the uh, I was reading some people just chatting about this, and a fellow mentioned in a review I read that when this game was originally announced, it was going to have eight ways it was going to have four way scrolling, and eventually the four way scrolling was taken away because the ST couldn't hack it. That's just a rumor. Mm. Your mileage mm. may vary, but this is one of those games where they had to like, you know, make it to fit several systems because this was actually released on a couple systems, including the Acorn Archimedes. Which we love, and the and yes. of course the ST, and you can actually play this on AntStream. I've been informed. Um, I want to mention that this was published by uh, Houston. We've run in them a lot over on uh, uh, R. Sinclair boat, but they've done yeah more than well, a few we've done, things. We've done a couple games on Amigos yeah, too. More than a few. I games. always remember uh, Nebulous being a Houston software game. Well, the the ones I've got written up here are Netherworld. They did a wrestling game, boat international championship wrestling. We got to try that sometime on the Amiga. I don't know how I missed that one. And Storm Lord, Battle Valley, uh, Fifth Gear. Uh, it's funny. I was reading some back. They didn't. They didn't mention Nebulous. It didn't. I didn't. Well, I, that does. I, I didn't write down every single thing they did, but I, I didn't remember. Because it seems Nebulous. like Nebulous is bigger than all those games put together. You by think 10, so? Super Come Bowls. on, International yeah. Championship Wrestling. You know that's right. gold. Uh, I read uh, uh, some comments from the guys at Graph Gold who was were, who were just burying Houston as a place that didn't know how to advertise a game, didn't know how to promote a game, and also didn't know how to pay the people that made the game any sort of money after the game was released. They sound like every publisher in Europe yeah. since the beginning of time. Listen, I just when I hear a confirmed burial, I want to get it out there, Boat. Um, so, all that said, Boat. Uh, let's talk about the, the, I guess, the background of Paradroid. Uh, I'm not going to get too deeply into the background, but I do. I will mention that, because uh, I got this straight on the manual boat, um, and I'm just going to read some of this verbatim. It is the year 2390. A fleet okay. of space freighters have been dispatched to the frontier world of Basmuth in response to urgent calls for military assistance following attacks from the bordering Trimorg Empire. That's my kind of garbage right there, Boat. <laughs> How long do you think they pondered over those names? <laughs> that's, a, that's what I like. Uh, the crew of the USF Paradroid re 
reported being scanned from an uncharted asteroid field moments before the droids on the cargo deck mysteriously activated themselves. So, yada, yada, yada. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. You've got to get on the old uh, ship with your little crap bot and try to take get everything taken care of uh, as you move up the ranks and go through, or move up the ranks of robotics, I guess, and go through the ship and get everything deactivated. Uh, that, but there's plenty of baloney backstory. Did you? I, I don't, did you happen to look through the manual for this? I did not find the manual anywhere. Oh, it was it was it was on the lemon. Oh, it was one of those typed in. Things. It was the okay. type. Oh yeah, with plenty yeah. of typos and, we, and also yeah. a few stray comments in there. But it was helpful just so I could know what all the different robots did. So. Before we get too deep in this boat, just g- give me your initial thoughts when when you loaded this up, and then get I guess without mm-hmm. reading the manual, what was it like to jump into this thing with only having a modicum of what knowing what was going on? Well, what I did was uh, because normally I go to Hall of Light; that's the place oh, yeah. that I go to to get everything, you know. And uh, they didn't have any um, they didn't have any they didn't have the manual on there. But they did have some magazine reviews. And then I went on Atari Mania because I knew this got an ST review. Yeah. And I read some magazine. Re- and and through the through the background that the magazine gave me, I had an idea of what I needed to do. Um, this game on the surface is a very cool concept. Uh, you know, if, if you if you take the uh, if you take the, the story, if you, uh, you know, at face value, the concept of being a lowly sort of droid that can graft himself on any of the other robots to you know, basically win back these uh, these ships. That's a cool concept for a game because it tells you as a player, I'm going to get to do a lot of different things because I'm not trapped as playing one character. I'm going to be able to have a. I'm going to be able to choose what kinds of cool things I can do because I can morph into many different kinds of robots. And three, the different ships that I explore will give me different environments to experiment in and be able to see what these different robots can do in terms of their capabilities. So the game, this game, Paradroid as a design doc, is great. It's great. So my first impression when I started to play was, man, I'm dying a whole lot here. And I keep <laughs> starting over. Yeah. That was my first impression. Yeah, well, that's... I think you were on the something, boat. So... I agree. The concept of this game is neat, okay? And with the concept that you started with a, 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 basically a very wimpy droid, and your job is to go and take over other droids that are more powerful than you to work your way up, because you need these droids for a bunch of reasons. One, for because you if you don't get if you don't take over another robot, you'll eventually run out of power. You get that's how you basically upgrade you. And then secondly. To get to get further into the game and have a chance to take over bigger robots, you've got to bring something to the table that's in their wheelhouse because you need a certain amount of of uh, jack in what they call the transfer game to have the ability to take over these bots and to and to take over a really good bot and use it. Um, the game, it's funny. We played an isometric version of this on the, on the, on the ZX. This game is certainly easier to follow for me. Uh, I, and it's it's actually I think it's fairly attractively done. Uh, what you, the screen s- scrolls up and down uh, quite smoothly. It's almost like a, a, a when you play it, it's the scrolling on it sort of reminds you of something like Speedball or something. It's that kind of, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's smooth. It looks good. The graphics are, are quite nice, and it's fairly stylized. Now I'll get the criticism out of the way that as I mentioned earlier, allegedly when this was first. Uh, 
when this was first being made for the Amiga and and it was announced that it would have four-way scrolling, four-way scrolling would have went a long way in this game. Because one thing this game doesn't have that it's that the game we played was a Quasitron did was you felt like in that game there was a lot more real estate and it was a lot more interesting. The the the, the terrain that was interesting. Now, was it easier to follow? No. In terms of ease of play, uh, in terms visually, this is a much easier thing to look at, in my opinion, than what we played before. The uh, in that other in the isometric version, you could tell what's going on. I could always tell where I was at. The other one had ramps, and and you could go behind stuff. This is much easier to look at. Um, in terms of uh, how difficult it is, because Boat mentioned that we were you would instantly get creamed. One thing you've got to do: you can die two seconds into this game. I've done it. You can instantly get killed. Uh, if you go the wrong way or if you tangle with the wrong thing, you could die instantly. So even on the first level, it can, the difficulty is not easy. <clears throat> One thing you'll notice about your droid is when you hit your button, you've got two different types of fire. If you tap the button, you just shoot this kind of dull shot. But if you hold the button down, like a, it looks like electricity is shooting out of it. And that's how you inst instigate the transfer game. All right? So the first thing you should do in this game is take your bot and go up to another bot and try the transfer game, okay? The transfer game is how your bot, it simulates your robot hacking into and, and ultimately taking over another bot's systems, and eventually your little bot merges, almost like leeches onto it, and you become the other bot. With whatever powers it has, you get them, you know? The transfer game... Gosh, I'm trying to think of the... How would you explain this, but you're good at this sort of thing. How would you explain what this is exactly? So what you have is a... Uh, if you can picture like a, a circuit board. Yeah. Uh, like a very simple breadboard design. And you're trying to run a current from uh, the left side of the board, the left edge of the board to the center. You're trying to make more connections in the center of the board than the uh, the other robot. Yeah. And so to do that, you've got a cursor that you move up and down uh, the left side of the board. And when you press your button, you run current through that particular route uh, while the, the, the computer is doing the same. And so there are forks that add complexity to the, the route of the current. Uh, and so you kind of have to contend with that. And you also have to contend with a ever decreasing amount of time. Uh, as you move through the game, the robots get faster at making their connections and blocking you off. Uh, and that is sort of another another part of the difficulty of the game is that uh, the transfer sort of mini game uh, becomes more difficult as the physical challenges of the robots uh, continue through the, the the game as well. Well done, bud. You know what it sort of reminded me of was the lock picking uh, uh, mini game. In uh, that in that spy game we played a while back, the Tom Clancy one we both liked yeah. for the lock picking. Mm -hmm. So he's boats dead on when it comes to the, the transfer game. The trans Sid, Sid Meier, the Sid Meier. Sid game, Meier, right? that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, the uh, a covert action. I believe is the name of that thing. Boat, but uh, the uh, the the transfer game. This is really important. And you and, it, and the thing is, when you first look at it, you're going to be like, oh my god. But what it for, what it does, it gives you a chance to pick which side of the transfer game you want. And what you do is you look them over, and what I would always do is look to see, okay, which side has the uh, the most branching paths in the good way, you know, mm -hmm. one for twos, and that would be the side I would pick. And then basically, you move your thing, you move your uh, your little 
energy dot up and down the line and just go as quick as you can, energizing those straight lines, the lines that have the doubles. And I ended up getting pretty good at the transfer game, which I was not good at in the last time. I mean, actually, I, I think that, uh, I did okay. Now, as you when you try to take over, there are some, at certain levels, some robots just flat out can't take over the robots. They don't have enough, there's not enough ways to get energy to that to the center column to win the transfer game. And the one thing about it is, if you if you lose the transfer game, then the bot you were in basically explodes, and you're and you're back to your geek bot, and then you're also standing beside the guy that you just tried to take over, who you normally will crush you. So I've mm -hmm. noticed that losing the transfer game is often your that you're you're in big trouble. Did you have the same yeah. experience on the transfer game? Yeah, hundred percent. Something else that you could do in this, which I think was neat, and this is I guess you didn't have to do it, but it was kind of cool. There are computer consoles sprinkled throughout some of these levels, and you can go up to them and interface with them. And when you do that, it gives you options. Uh, it lets you, for example, you can see the layout of the ship and see where you're at and see how many robots are on your level. Uh, you can, there's a bunch of different bits of information. You can also look and see what different robots do. You know, so if you're the, the good thing about something like that is, and I don't, th and you can't get attacked or anything while you're doing this. So it's a good place to learn a little bit about what's going on because the robots, uh, different robots have different firepower, different distances that they can shoot, you know, and so you're, you're going to want to have a pretty good idea of which robots you want to go after uh, when, you, when you're ready to move up. Um, the ship is laid out in decks, and it, the decks are interconnected with elevators. Not Some decks have one elevator, some have two, uh, at least on the first ship. I didn't get past the first ship, I should mention. Um, when you want your uh, bot to go up an elevator, you just basically go to where an elevator is. It's a special-looking block on the screen. You just hold down your transfer button, you know, get the transfer command. It'll take you to the to, to the next level. Give you know, it gives you a choice. Uh, and if there if the level has two uh, elevators, you just go to the other one and go up that one because sometimes you have to use the second elevator to get to areas you haven't been before. You know, uh, pretty simple stuff. Um, I liked a lot of this game. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And on the surface, it looks so complex and crazy. But, I mean, it's not that bad once you sit down and figure it out. But what makes it difficult is it's got a high learning curve, and it's got a very... it's It does not tolerate failure. I mean, you can... It, no matter how far into this game, no matter which robot you've got, like, if you get a really good uh, or attack robot, it's got really good, uh, you know... That's got really good attacks. You can still die quickly if another one comes by, and then all that time you spent getting to where you're at is just is gone, you know. And so I got kind of frustrated. What about you, Boat? Um, this is this is a tough one for me to uh, to score because the fact that you only have one life in this game means that you're just constantly starting over. And I got so sick of seeing the static come up, seeing the title screen, getting back into it. It's not like it's game over and boom, you're back into the action. And that was a real momentum killer for me because I wanted to like this game because it has so many cool design concepts. The, the whole like logging into the computer thing and looking at the database, that's super awesome. It's yeah. like, you know, like anytime, anytime you can kind of meta game where you're in a game and you're looking at a computer inside the game and it's yeah. done well like this yeah. is super cool. Um, I know a lot of thought went into the different robot types and their strengths and weaknesses and things like that. And I think that the transfer system is a, a neat idea too. It's a, it's a game that's not too difficult. 
Uh, but uh, it's 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 sort of like you know if you if you try to abstract the process of a robot taking over the mind of another robot into a game, this would be a great way to come up with that because you're basically trying to kind of take over his circuitry or its circuitry. So um, that that's really cool. Um, I just couldn't get past the difficulty. To me, the difficulty makes this game not a good game. Like you said, when you fail the transfer game and that other computer or the other the other robot just steamrolls you, I mean, it literally steamrolls you, and then it's game over. Yeah. I, it, it just it kills your desire to want to continue to explore this world. And it's such a shame because everything else is so great. If this would have been a three-life game, you know, uh, I would have, this would have been, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best games of this kind that, that I can remember. Um, and it, it already is a unique game. It's funny you mentioned Vero Cop because what I would have liked to have seen is a game like Vero Cop, but with paradroid mechanics where you're exploring this really kind of open-ended eight-way scrolling world. There's a large variety of enemies, and you also got, like, this is a, and I don't know, this could be another, you know, uh, uh, sort of consequence of programming on the ST first. But the, even though the graphics are high fidelity, the ship levels themselves are basically two colors. You've got the color of the floor, and you've got the color of the walls, and that's it. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more colors there. Um Again, like Virocop, which was a very, very colorful game. So, I mean, this it was game... A beauty. It was a beautiful game, yeah. Yeah, this game is just, you know, it's... I it This game makes me want to play the C64 version, uh, which is not something you often hear me say, because <laughs> I know, well, n one, the C64 version is very high regarded by everybody, and two... Uh, I, you know, I would like to see if they made the... If, they, if the difficulty curve was different. Um, because I just... It just it's so frustrating to to kind of slowly work your way through these levels and then through seemingly no fault of your own, you know, an enemy like you you might get hung up because of the scrolling or a door opening or something like that. And then an enemy just comes out and blasts you out of the sky and then it's game over and you're starting over from square one. You know, of course, the uh, the uh, C64 version came out about five years before this one. And so they had a little bit of time. I, I, and I, you know, listen, I, you, everything you said, I, I, I agree. Uh, the, uh, the difficulty is, is tough. I think there are, and the thing is, there are two or three things they could have done that I would have been, like, for example, if you fail at the transfer game, it'd be awesome if your robot just didn't instantly explode. That was, mm -hmm. <laughs> that sucks. Also, the transfer game, if you, and the thing is, if, like, the transfer game is not always difficult, but sometimes it is. It depends on what, you know, what you're up against. And if you go in there and just ha and hit the wrong button, because you have to kind of go real fast, you can lose at the transfer game no matter how good you are, and that r and it costs you the game. And when you're well into like I was on, like I was cleared most of the decks. I mean, I was on fire. And uh, um, the transfer game uh, would I, I I screwed up. I didn't get it. I thought I I won, but I lost, and then that was done. I mean, and it was mm -hmm. it was frustrating. Uh, so yeah, extra lives would have helped, or the ability to just have your guy not instantly die—that uh, would go a long way. There's a lot to—I'll tell you something. I'm total honesty, full disclosure. When this came, when this game came up, I was not licking my chops, Boone. I'll be honest with you, because I, I haven't played Quasitron. I was just like, oh man, I I was I did not enjoy that game. 
You know, and I, I didn't, in fact, I didn't even fully understand what was happening. But I will mm-hmm. say, this is one of those great times where when we get when we get a game like this that comes up that we've had a cup of coffee with, and I, I get it, I get it better. I got it better this time, and I, and I actually enjoyed this game. And there, cause, and there are ways, there are different ways to play the game too. Like if you take over a real awesome killer bot, you can just go through and just start blasting crap, and I ain't worried about the transfer game until you run out of energy, which is mm-hmm. cool, you know. So yeah. you can sort of just play this like you're just like almost like a berserk or something, just right. rolling around slaughter and stuff. But you can't play the whole game that way because of the energy issue. You know, right. but it's still it's which is neat. good because I mean that's that's how they balance it, right? Like I said, there the systems in this game are great. Yeah, I and, mean, like the, the 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 thought that went into this top shelf. Yeah, and and the and the and the uh, execution of it is mostly good. Now I will say I found a trainer for this that allowed me to basically just turn off energy. By the way, I still got killed a lot uh, because there are things you can do to get killed even with you when you've got ultimate energy. But uh, it it's a uh, uh, it was more fun when I didn't have to worry about that. Uh, obviously, but I mean, and you think to yourself, "Well, that's super cheating." I didn't feel that bad because people that I respect as top shelf gamers, they told me I read that they were having trouble with this. It's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and they've also once again, this is another game that sort of hardened itself out of the market. It's, you know, they need a, they need to be a, a curb in here. Extra men would have helped. Uh, having your you know different things with the bots would have helped. Some you know there were things they could have done to make this better that they didn't do. With all that said, it's because this is the game we have, and we're going to go on the assumption that this, if not if this didn't come over from the Atari, it certainly went directly to the Atari. Because if you look at the side by sides on this, I mean they're 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 practically identical. I mean wouldn't you wouldn't you say both? Absolutely. This I mean regardless of what system this was developed for. Uh, they had it in mind that this was going to make it out to all of the 16-bit systems. Because, I mean, 1990, this is the heyday of the 16-bit computers. So. Right. And and so I think, getting back to my point, I think that didn't do any favors on the Amiga. Because the Amiga, mm-hmm. I think, could have really pumped out something. This is a concept that's ace. This is an ace concept. And, and the way it's pulled off here is top shelf. The way your bot gets on the other bot whenever you take it over... There's a real good game here that is just a little tweak or two from being. Re- I mean, I'm gonna. I recommend this game, but I mean, it's a few tweaks from being a strong recommendation, like a game of the year type recommendation, as opposed to just saying if you can tolerate it, there's fun to be had, which is pretty much uh, where I am with it. Um, just a couple things before we get to the reviews, boat. Uh, this actually, I mean, it got over to a certain degree. Amiga Power put this on its list of. Uh, top 100 Amiga games of all time at 22. Pretty high, uh, Boat. Mm-hmm. I read on Moby, it's a little trivia note, that this game was, there was a uh, version of this that was going to be released for Turbo Graphics, and right before it got released, Houston went under, and the uh, people at Graphical couldn't negotiate a, a deal. So mm. that was so they were not happy, by the way, as you, as you can imagine. Uh, the people on Lemon give this an 8.07. Uh the magazine reviews are mostly 80s and 90s, with one exception, which was, uh, of course, Amiga Joker gave it a 62. Uh, the average magazine score, 84%. Uh, so uh, there's that. Um, I noticed when I was doing my research, and Paul mentioned it in here, 
uh, on a, on in retro game or the review for this was done by our good buddy Paul Kitching. So yeah. if, if you see him in there, that's what it is. How do we do on the Discord, but we get any action on this? Well, before we move into that, I did want to mention uh, a tip that somebody gave us on Discord. Yeah. Uh, if you you can actually go to uh, the author of this game's uh, blog, uh, Braybook. Is that his name, Andrew? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, uh, and uh, and you can actually read some stories that he wrote uh, about uh, you know the, the development of the Paradroid games, including Paradroid ninety. Oh, neat! Uh, that you can you can find that at uridiumauthor.blogspot.com. So check that out. Uh, we got some Discord reviews, Aaron, uh, and uh, they were uh, people love this game. They yeah. love it. Uh, and so we'll start with David Hearn Ryder. He says, to enjoy Paradroid 90, it's best not to play it. I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. To enjoy Paradroid 90, it's best not to compare it to the C64 original, as gone as the horizontal scrolling and the plethora of ships to conquer. It's best to enjoy P90 as a unique Amiga experience, a thinking man shooter where you duke it out with other robots, taking them over or blasting them into the ether. It's quite tough. Taking out all five freighters plus the secret one is something I never managed to do. The addition of cover makes the combat fun. The droids sometimes exhibit wacky behavior, which keeps you guessing. And the transfer game is brilliant. The extra power of the Amiga means the droids look unique from uber cool to downright goofy. Game design still stands up 8 out of 10. Yeah. There were a lot Lord of them, too. Yeah. Lord Superites, what Dave said, 8 out of 10. <laughs> I love Mobs it. Terminator writes, contrary to David's advice, I have no choice but to compare it to the C64 original because that's what I mostly played back then. If you are familiar with the original, P90 doesn't offer much improvement. In some ways, it is even a downgrade. P90 has vertical scrolling only. The robot difficulties are harder to judge. The C64 showed the actual number in the sprites. Oh. General smoothness of gameplay is worse. The graphics are better and less abstract in Paradroid 90, which is the one major improvement. It's an okay version of a 1985 classic, and the core idea is still good, but it really needed a bit more to feel like a 1990 game. Score 6.5 out of 10. Mm. That's going to do it for the uh, Discord reviews, Aaron. Those, those were that's about what I figured, Boat. One last uh, item of uh, bookkeeping here. I looked this up on eBay, Boat. Uh, this game ain't cheap, brother. Uh, I saw box copies. They were asking 180 uh, bucks, 137 bucks. These are all U.S. Uh, I saw one that was uh, complete in box for 27 bucks, but was in Spanish. If you if you're okay, well, I'm just saying. Hey, you never know. Some people yeah. don't care. Uh, the, yeah. the discs weren't cheap either. I saw them going for like, and now these were, they were asking about 52 bucks for the thing. I didn't see anyone having bought any of these. These were just the asking prices. Uh, so your mileage may vary, but uh, I would say this is one that if you come across it in the wild, you may have something there, Boatster. That's all mm. we got. All right. Well, Aaron, why don't we leave Paradroid 90 and check out what's been going on in the wider Amigos retro gaming community? Very good, Boat. Very good. So, uh, we're going to start off looking at what we did in the last uh, week or so here, Boat. And let's start with uh, well, something we did uh, we released last week, which is the old Ask the Amigos. One of my favorites, Boat. I love this show. We had a good time on this one. Plus, we got to use that cool new curtain effect at the beginning, yeah. where after the curtain opened, we, we just stood there looking dumb. <laughs> That's what I liked about it. Do you remember anything from this? You never remember nothing, do you? 
I remember we talked about the best and worst Cinemaware games. There you go. That's all. That right there. That sells it. That sells it because you know Cinemaware. Uh, we love. Oh, Cinemaware. we also we also discussed the best way to pronounce scone. Yeah. Or scone. Is this the one where you did your puppetry? Yes. That, also that right there was that was solid gold money. So <laughs> this is a must watch. That with the puppetry in there. I love that one. So that just came out uh, Monday. Uh, let's also have a look. And this is something you've, you've put up for later use, Boat, to explain to, explain what's going on with this. So, uh, Cracked is coming up on the uh, the Atari ST show, uh, our next Atari ST show. And uh, now, if you took a look at this, Aaron, yeah. and I asked you to tell me the control method that you would use in a game like this, what sort of controller do you think you would use? A light gun, Boat. You'd be wrong. This is a game that looks like a light gun game that was produced exclusively for the mouse because this is a game where you shoot eggs with the mouse with the left mouse button and then you have to catch them as they fall with the right mouse button. Something impossible to do with a light gun. However, beyond all that, Cracked is an interesting game. Uh, of course, our rule with the ST show is that we only play games that were not released on the Amiga unless we either screw up or it's a special <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah. Um, and so if you're if you're interested in seeing what the other side of the street had to offer in terms of arcade action, you could do worse than checking out the uh, upcoming episode of the Atari ST show. Yeah, we'll be we'll be putting that down in a couple of weeks, but it'll be a lot of fun. Um, hey, you know, uh, we've got a little something here for myself and the Brent. This one came in late, Boat. We just filmed mm. this thing Tuesday night because I was out of town. But this was a boy. This was a fun one, in my opinion. This is the Super A Can, a yeah. very obscure uh, a, a, a gaming console from Taiwan uh, that was released. I think it was like in '95 or something like that. And uh, boy, this thing hard to emulate, Boat. Tough to find. Mm -hmm. Tough to play. But we managed to. We literally picked the two other only two games we could actually play on the machine, <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> uh, so if you want to see uh, Sango Fighter uh, and Boom Zoo, uh, you might enjoy this. I I think this is a real fun episode. If you're you know if it's you like funny on the Boom side. Zoo. Yeah, I'm with you when it comes to Boom Zoo. Yeah, you know I'm not the world's biggest Bomberman fan. Yeah. But I really appreciate having like the cute animals and the 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 uh, the the beach balls instead of the bombs. Yeah. I think that's cool. And I like the little added bonus stuff that was there. Like I said, I don't know much about uh, Bombering. I don't play it, but I'll you know mm -hmm. I don't remember stuff. I don't remember that kind of stuff. And maybe some of the Bombers had it. You know, trains mm -hmm. going through and boss battles and stuff. But this was a this game would have been at home pretty much on any machine of that era. Uh, and yeah. in Songo Fighter. This is for you old DOS fans that remember when this came out on the DOS machines. Uh, this got a port to the Super Aiken, and I would I would go on record saying, in terms of the beauty, graphical beauty, this is the best one. Unfortunately, they left out some key features that were on the PC. But hey, watch the show if you uh, feel froggy and decide for yourself. That's the Super Aiken uh, on uh, there. Now, let's move over to the Amigos stream team, and we did some stream uh, this week, boat. Uh, to yeah, start us off little... here, you know, it's Septandy, you know, everyone's favorite. And so what do you do in Septandy, Boat? You play some Tandy, brother. And so that's what I mm -hmm. did. I played some uh, TRS-80 color computer. Uh, I, I played a couple hours of stuff here, including finding some real interesting hidden gems yeah, I've never that heard game, of. that game right there, which I can't remember what it's called, we've got to play that on Coco, on the Coco Show. Yeah, I, I want to play there's that There's a game. lot of good stuff here, uh, including here's Grabber. Uh, we had a good crowd in the chat that night. We had a lot of fun. 
as we dedicated the entire evening to the Tom Mix uh, outfit, Tom Mix software. That Tom, everybody loves Tom Mix uh, mm-hmm. boat. So that was a lot of fun. If you're interested in uh, watching me play some Tandy, come on down to the Amigo Stream Team channel and check that out. Now, that's not all, Bo. Not even close. We also had a little something here from our good buddy, 48K Ram. Now, by the way, 48K has been on fire. His stream on Tuesday was a, a straight-up money, brother. He had people hanging from the rafters. Uh, he's getting over like Rover. And this has been one of our most popular videos on the stream team. I watched this, actually. This is a couple of different things he gets into, including upgrading his 46 and adding and using a Raspberry Pi as like a... Uh, it's a, like a disk drive on his, on a C64. This is just straight and up. I believe tech. I believe that 486 was the computer that uh, that he got from me at Boatfest. Is that that's the boat machine? Holy, so see, yeah. look at that boat. So indirectly, you're this guy's taking your old garbage and turning it into gold. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like Rumpelstiltskin. So if you <laughs> want to see, uh, and by the way, every week it's a new video for 48k RAM. And it's always something different. Sometimes it's Apple II demos. Sometimes he's judging contests. Sometimes he's doing hardware. It's always a party. So please check him out. And also, uh, subscribe to him over at 48K Ram on Twitch. He broadcasts live every Tuesday evening around 6.30 or so Eastern Standard Time. But, but that's a good video. Another one of our all-stars, Happy Coding. You know what Happy Coding does? He does some ZX or ZX, if you will, Spectrum coding. He's a games coder, and he teaches you the fine art. Oh, look of at that coding. animation! Listen, that's unbelievable for the Spectrum. He's got he's got skills, and so he goes through. And this is an ongoing series uh, that that uh, Happy's running home cooking. Uh, so and this is why we wanted to capture these, so you could go back and watch these. So please uh, tune in to Happy, and also. Check out his channel as well on Twitch. I believe it's Happy Coding ZX or ZX uh, if you're not Correct. in the States to uh, add him to your list. He's a good guy, too. Good old Happy. He just got back from Azerbaijan uh, boat. Mm. Pretty good. Mm. Pretty exotic, eh? Yeah. And then last but not least, and this is the most exotic one of the lot. He's from exotic Oklahoma. It's our good buddy, the Flaxter, and some Sprite Castle action. Uh, this time out, I caught the tail end of this uh, stream. Uh, just some, he, he did some C64 stuff on here because he's a C64 master. Uh, you, and, of course, he also has the dancing uh, wiener guy that comes out every show. <laughs> you, know, ta- you know what I'm talking about, the wiener guy? Oh, yeah. You're talking about Frankfurter Sandwiches? Frankfurter Sandwiches, that's I him. love that song. I <laughs> sing it to myself in times of trouble. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> and more, and he also played some Load Runner, which... You know, having I just played some Load Runner knockoff on the Coco, and I felt mm-hmm. pretty good about uh, uh, the Coco version. I think it stacked up pretty well with the C64 version. But the Flack is another guy. He's you never know what he's going to get into. This is he's also here at the end of some little Load Runner action where he, I believe this is the PlayStation version, which looks pretty good. Both Load Runner yeah. had a now long that's life. That's how you do it. You don't do it what they did with the Game Boy. That was terrible. This is good. Yeah. Well, man, it was hard too. So hard. So, anyway, that's Sprite Castle plays miscellaneous C64 games. Flack broadcasts on his channel, which is Rob O'Hara on Twitch. And it's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's Flack time. Whenever he comes out, you know it's a party. He's always got a big, full chat room. He's always in a good mood. 
and he's always uh, bringing something fun to the table, Boat. So we've got a, a lot of good stuff on the Amigo Stream Team channel. Again, that's three words, Amigo Stream Team. Please add it to your uh, subscriptions, if you will. That's all I got, Mr. Boat. All right. Well, we come to the part of the show that uh, is my favorite. It's the Patreon Song Challenge. No, oh, it's nobody's favorite. Damn, it's back. No. So last week, we uh, of course, we did the Lost Patrol. So I had to sing some songs that are evocative to me about uh, the, the, the conflict in Vietnam. And so I did some CCR tunes, Fortunate Son, and Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Uh, we got two correct answers, Pac Billy and Mitsuyama. Never have uh, I thought Billy that was an... Uh, Mitsuyama got the first one. I've never, I've never thought as much of an illegal war as I did, because that should be made illegal. That, that right there <laughs> put it over the top for me right there. <laughs> So, we have a special treat for you all uh, this evening. Uh, we have... <laughs> That's how uh, we're billing it, huh? <laughs> this is uh, the, Patreon, uh, the Patreon song band is back. The June Bugs are back, baby. We've got a new tune for you. We hope you enjoy it. If you are uh, so inclined to uh, put in a guess, email me at john at amigospodcast.com. And uh, if you get it correct, I'll announce you as the winner next week. If you are watching live in Twitch right now, uh, keep your answer to the email. Don't put it in the chat. Make it fun. For put, put your hands over your ears, too, while you're at it. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Hit it. Inga, Ida, Robot, Dr. Pack, Billy, Rob, McDavid, Howard, Price, Jazz, Dog, Daniel, James Miller, Art, Hyper, Funk, Facebook, Chris, Edwards, Petzl, Alarm, Albert, Kim, we like what we like, Mr. Chippy, the Price, Herman, V. Wonder, Chesum, Mark, Richard, Sir David, Hearn, Rem, OK, Rom, OK, David, Terrace, Jude, Carlos, Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair, Fiend David, C. George Ozanski, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems Inc., Frag Lord Mark, Bilundo, Lapo, Alien Breeder, David, Velociraptor. Pixels at dawn and Kilbjorn Barman.
All right. That was a get rock special, music. A special shout out to uh, the real Refi Reflection uh, for uh, providing some uh, electric guitar help and also laying down that maca bass. Uh, so, uh, instigating. If you know it, John at amigospodcast.com. All right. And of course, Aaron, we can't go any further without thanking all of our Twitch subscribers. These are the fine folks who uh, have joined us in Legion. <laughs> <laughs> as of the recording this evening uh if i missed your name this week i'm sorry i think that uh the hype train rolled in after i downloaded this list so we'll get you next week but i'm gonna read this list and it goes a little something like this tsi matt real retro dude buck owens brother bill paco take mitsuyama oil of hope blue train negsol mash pie beach bum seven luminate 08 edvin helland twilight zoner uber scuba diver java soft retro rewind ca pints and amiga spinny 108 super tech boy eeyore 4077 mr rocket tinfoil rob o'hara brock 101 hayward heel aka paparazzi explore texas foosballer da crabs mtg petzl k9 zap 9 David ZZG1000, Robin Wendell, Amiga Live, Amy Steph, Jigglebox, John Marshall 3, Dub Project, Happy Coding ZX, Harlodiff, 10 Mark, Still Adolescing, Steve Burtz, Christian Russell, HSEI Ken, Picard 2010, Mcron, and Great Owl G. Very good, Boat. Oh, update Oil of Hope's name, for God's sakes. He's All the right, Oil of right Hope. Now. He loves I'll do it right Hope. Now. We need hope with oil right now, now more than ever. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what's on the docket for next week's Amigos? I'm almost afraid to pull the curtain here, but let's see. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thunderhawk, AH-73. This, this is that puppet show, right? No. With the, the British Now that show? would be awesome. Thunder, I love that Thunder, Thunderhawk does not go. This is a this is a deep, deep, incredibly deep flight simulator from your friends at Core Boat. Core, your favorite mm. outfit. Core, we call that we call that it's a mixed bag, is what we say. Oh, so at core. least you've loosened up on them a little bit. You were burying Core deep beneath <laughs> the earth, ironically. So I'm glad to see this should be interesting. We haven't done something like this for a long. It's been time. a while. I'm looking forward to sink my teeth into a good sim. So. I'm scared. <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. And until then, adios. adios.